Hi, Dr. Brett Hill here. It's back to school time, and one thing us parents don't want is kids coming home complaining of sore feet. The flat, wide, and flexible shoes in the Vivo Barefoot Kids range is the perfect fit for your child's feet to grow up healthy and strong the way they're designed to. And the great news, the Wellness Couch listeners can get 30% off the Vivo Barefoot range until the 1st of February 2016. All you have to do is go to www.souldistribution.com.au forward slash the wellness couch. That's S-O-L-E distribution.com.au forward slash the wellness couch and enter the code the wellness couch. Vivo Barefoot, the original barefoot shoe since 2003. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Welcome back to Wellness Moon Radio and we would love to ask uh, our listeners today if you are interested or if you've made any predictions this year about what the health and wellness industry may be doing or moving towards and what sort of things you can expect to be seeing around the place. So did anyone notice last year that uh, kale went from the most popular superfood to now something that you know everyone's a bit bored of? Uh, there were exclusive recipe books purely to the cooking and preparing of kale, but you can't find them anymore. Uh, there were certainly buzzwords that came and went. And today we're doing an episode exclusively on what our predictions are for the year in regards to the health and wellness industry. Uh, and, you know, some of these are well-found predictions. Some of these are our own predictions. And we're going to throw in a few that we would love to see happen as well. I'm Andrea. And I'm Ashley. And we are the Wellness Women. So welcome back to Wellness Women Radio. Uh, now, I've got about 10 predictions here that I'm going to make. Um, there were certainly lots of fads that came and went last year. Uh, some predictions that a lot of their top analysts had made did come into fruition. Some of them didn't. Um, but this year, I think that there's going to be a big trend that moves towards uh, the concept of individualized medicine or healthcare. And what I mean by that is I think that the practitioner is going to be looking more at the individual, what their makeup is, what their DNA looks like, what their uh, genomic uh, structure is, looking at those sorts of things individual to that person rather than clumping them into, you know, the sample that is their current population. And I think that that's going to increase that rise in, you know, your functional practitioners and your integrated practitioners because they've been taking that approach for a while now. And I think that's really cool. And that's really exciting too, because no longer do so we get that uh, sheep herded approach to our health and well-being. We're now starting to get this really unique identification of individual problems and individual issues. And then, of course, from there, you can have a somewhat individual prescription um, to create the solution that you need, whether it be lifestyle, you know, medicinal, yeah. uh, pharmaceutical. It doesn't matter which direction, but it's going to be much more bio-unique than it has ever been before. And that's exclusively because of this increased science and research surrounding, uh, well, biomarkers, you know, biomarkers for health, genetics and epigenetics. It's really, really exciting. I um, can't wait to see what they come up with and what sort of screenings that they come up with over the next 12 months. 
And I love that you just mentioned epigenetics because I think that's certainly going to be one of the fad or buzzwords this year. Uh, it has been around for a little while. It's certainly becoming more and more popular, but I think it's going to create that, what is it, the 11th monkey, <laughs> you know, threshold where it becomes a household name. And by epigenetics, we mean that term of influencing our genes to either express or not express certain traits. Yeah, so the um, capacity to turn off or turn on genetics. Yeah, yeah. In, in simple terms, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's this saying, within functional uh functional health that your genes load the gun uh as to what your health expression is and then your lifestyle is what pulls the trigger so epigenetics plays into that to make sure that your lifestyle and everything that's included in that doesn't you know pull that trigger so that you're expressing maybe things that your ancestors have had for example which is right on the money because as wellness women that's what we're all geared towards we're looking towards ways to facilitate lifestyles that allow us to express our maximum potential and capacity and ability to be healthy wonderful and amazing um without you know i guess the probably ignorance of the things that could be causing us to create those health problems from the beginning which is that epigenetic switch and sometimes you know we could blame other things but really we need to look inside and say well hang on what is it my lifestyle doing and where is that causing that expression of that problem that i would love to really get rid of and if possible where possible how can i do that now yeah because i certainly will not buy into the fact that just because someone in your family tree has you know a certain health condition even if you do have the genes for that absolutely does not mean that you need to follow those footsteps um and we certainly have the ability to be the the master of our fate in that sense and that goes straight then into i mean because this is another thing where a lot of people say oh but my mom had it my dad had it whatever um the gut we reckon the number one thing this year and you know both of us have talked about this last year was all about the uh the buzzword which was microbiome so if you didn't hear that go back to one of our episodes we had a big chat about that but it was really talking about you know how this uh gut flora the microbiology in your intestinal tract um from mouth to anus is basically expressing your health at this point in time because of the impact it has on your immune system and all other digestive functions um so look from the buzzword there going into the next year the revolution towards gut healing tonics and foods and what sort of things can you think of that are going to be coming up more and more this year Oh, I think uh, fermentation and fermented foods, so anything that's going to have that probiotic effect on the gut is going to be huge. Um, So I'm predicting there's going to be a huge rise in kombucha. So that is going to be in everybody's household. Maybe not everybody's, but uh, you'll be seeing things like kombucha bars, lots more kombucha products, uh, because that's something that's fairly easily and palatable. Uh, in terms of um, you know the the probiotic fermented um, space, still quite an acquired taste though. I do I must say that yeah. sometimes you have them think oh it's almost like drinking some semi apple cider vinegar. But don't let that put you off. Get out there and try it if you've never tried it before because there's some incredible uh, health benefits from there. Kefir, kimchi. There's a lot of other fermented foods out there that you're going to start to see more and more on the front covers of books, you know, on uh, the supermarket shelves, even lines like Woolworths and Coles, the big ones are going to pick up on these brand lines and start to stock them in uh, traditionally very, I guess, um, what was, I mean, they're, they're very conservative generally in their product lines. And now we're starting to see whole sections in those supermarkets that are just geared towards the health foods because this is what people want. And they're answering that call by giving it to us. And uh, I love that, that paradox that there's a health food section in the supermarket. <laughs> yeah. There's pretty much anything else there. It doesn't really fit that category. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to get there. Ash, what other buzzwords do you think are going to come up? Um, 
I've certainly got one and it may and it's going to be a topic we have to cover and that's the topic of methylation and uh, this is becoming you know more and more relevant uh, in you know integrated and functional health um, it's certainly going to be a buzzword of 2016 and I'm absolutely convinced about that so what is methylation um, without getting too technical it's the addition of a single carbon atom and three hydrogen atoms that create a methyl group um, to another so it's that addition to another molecule. Um, so you think of all the billions of little on-off switches in your body. Um, they control everything from stress, uh, how your food and the energy that your food makes, you know, to your brain chemistry, to your detoxification. All of that is a result of methylation. And I think activating and enhancing those pathways or looking at if there's any problems in methylation is going to be um, a huge field of study as to how uh, people's bodies function, how they detoxify, how they use certain nutrients, um, what their stress response is like, all of those sorts of things. So watch this space. So yeah. for our listeners, what would that mean to them? Like, what, how would that benefit their health? What, what are the potential possibilities here? Um, if, say, if they keep running into roadblocks with something, you know, they might um, be doing everything right, but still they can't control their stress response very well. Maybe their immune system's still failing them. Um, or maybe, you know, they just can't get to that point of vitality that they really want to so it could be a problem with methylation somewhere down that pathway um, so for example you know the detoxification of hormones and chemicals and heavy metals is all uh, a result of you know there's the, the methylation process so looking at that and saying is there another um, pathway that we need to go down is there another layer to to this that we need to look at so for those people that feel like they're at the end of the road they've done all these tests and stuff and they've just got no answers this might be the new space the new door to step through to look at something that could have been holding them back even though they're doing everything right yeah absolutely That's awesome oh um, i hope that does come to fruition then i hope that uh, if the science is pushing that direction we do start to see more of that then yeah yeah it's certainly a really interesting field um there's a lot of companies that have got onto that bandwagon and uh, sort of blaming everything on methylation and have created product lines to support that so i'm sure it's going to be very commercialized so you know, I think we should be aware of that as well. But we're going to cover that all unto itself because that's certainly a really interesting episode. Awesome. Look, I think uh, you, you've probably seen the round already. You're going to see more and more pop up. For me, one of the big ones is you're going to see more and more wellness studios or all-inclusive mm -hmm. wellness centers, all-inclusive holistic health centers because, I mean, I'm really proud to be a chiropractor because this is the stuff that we've been involved in for a couple of decades now, so it's not new to, to myself or Andrea, but to a lot of businesses who've never worked in line with other practitioners or other multi-practitioner you know, centers, that's a bit of a new concept. Like, why would I invite them in? You know, why would I share my clients? But we're going to see more and more that it, what we call patient-centered care. Yeah. So less about what the practitioner wants, more about what the client needs and what the patient wants and co-managing those sort of problems appropriately across a range of different practitioners who are going to get the best results collectively. And that is phenomenal because, I mean, look, the thing about wellness is it's not anything but a lifestyle. You know, there's no one button that says this is the wellness train. Yeah. Um, it's it's a lifestyle approach. And you don't just go to a yoga class. Well, I hope you don't. Go to a yoga class and then rock out the front door and go and hit up, you know, Burger King or KFC. <laughs> um, I'm sure that when you finish something like that, you feel so, you know, inspired and you're so feel accomplished and satisfied with what you've done. You're more likely to go down to the local juice bar or food bar and get yourself, you know, a plant-based 
meal or, or a smoothie than you would be to rock across the street to, you know, KFC. So with that in mind, you're going to start to see more businesses opening up with, you know, maybe a yoga, holistic health practitioner, integrative medical doctor, and throw in there, you know, a clean eating juice smoothie bar. I would love to see these super centers on every corner. I just think that would be really exciting and a great way to help people just make those choices easy. You know, not having to shop around to find different people that are all over the city, but to have them in one roof where you can just go door to door and get exactly what you need where you need it. And I love that collaborative approach. And that's certainly what people need these days, especially when everything is so confusing. Uh, I love that chiropractors have sort of owned that wellness space for such a long time that now this wellness work is so antiquated um it's definitely not a buzzword anymore it's uh, not well not to us but yeah. to a lot of people it's still something that's becoming uh, very new and from there i mean then you're starting to see that transition hotels retreats resorts these buildings these new facilities are being built with absolute intention of wellness studios spas day spas fitness centers i mean you would not build a hotel today without having some form of a health model within that hotel whether it be through the lights you choose and the globes you choose because their impact on health through the quality of the sheets or you know through the fitness facility so you're going to see more and more centers facilities and hotels advertising their health retreats their spas their their facilities and that's awesome because that means anytime you go on a holiday you're never going to be without the things you need and the lifestyle that you've chosen is right there with you when you travel yeah, great. And we've got certainly uh, mainstream uh, lots of yoga centers and that sort of thing. So I can certainly see more mindfulness centers and more meditation type centers. So people will actually need to take that space and go to a specific area, specific place and actually allow themselves time to do that. So that's going to be one of those lifestyle shifts that happens until they make it such a daily practice that they can you know, do it for themselves at home. And that's going to go into the big lifestyle uh, transition. I think you're going to see more and more float tanks sensory deprivation environments where they're going to just take you out of your you know your whole sensory experience put you in these float tanks and let you just like meditate yourself away into just total peace and space of uh ease without that stress response going you know crazy because of that sensory input you're experiencing have you been to a float tank before no not yet i have a whole stack of patients who have been and love them and it's certainly on my to-do list i need to experience this so 2016 both andrew and i will have checked in with a float tank before the end of the year's up if you ever use one we'd love to know what you've thought about it but uh, we certainly think that that's the way forward with regards to our overstimulated society and how we're going to kind of place of retreat and we find that place where it's quiet and tranquil and and spacious in some ways because you've got this you know sensory uh, deprivation phenomenal concept and i think that's going to shift the way that people holiday as well so you know busy women and probably most of our listeners can relate to this don't want those adventure high adrenaline uh you know manic holidays anymore where they're going from place to place and have 15 things planned in one day they're going on retreats they're going on zen holidays and real breaks because it's not okay to have that humble brag about how busy and manic your lifestyle is anymore uh everyone is starting to appreciate the need for rest and no one knows how to do it no one knows how to slow down but everyone is appreciating the fact that that needs to happen especially women guys will catch up eventually and i think they will tie it and jump into the next trend that i've seen coming and i really think all eyes are going to turn towards permaculture biodynamic farming and organic sustainable farming and the reason being is 
probably you guys listening as well have this feeling is we're getting more curious about where our food is coming from. We've got all these incredible, you know, TV shows talking about, you know, food preparation, there's MasterChef and all that. But the question always stands is like, well, where, where do you get that from? You know, where does that come from? Um, which farm did that come from? What was the name of the cow? You know, how old was she? How old? Yeah. It was, it's getting to that point where people are asking more questions. So to answer that, we're going to see more niche market in these biodynamic farming practices. And that, I believe, is going to translate into our desire to want to have a little, you know, front yard or backyard, you know, one metre square boxes where we can grow our own fruits and veggies or herbs or just start to be part of this life cycle, get our hands dirty and get back to nature the way, you know, we know that our grandparents did and we have disconnected. And I do believe right now is the time that uh, a generation is starting to swing ourselves back towards that hands-on, you know, touchy-feely, get in the dirt, get in the earth, plant something, water it, oh, it dies, oh, no, resilience building, we'll plant another one, we'll grow something again. Yeah, and there was certainly that trend last year, that that farm-to-plate idea, and there's certainly, especially, you know, here in Perth, there's lots of restaurants that are becoming um, huge that use the whole animal, yeah. Um, they tell you exactly where it's come from, how they're preparing each part of it, that nothing goes to waste and, um, you know, the whole life cycle of the animal is also explained as well, which I think is really nice. It gives us a much greater appreciation for that sacrifice, I think, as well, which is yeah. quite nice. Which just ties into our mindfulness principles yeah. again. Um, switching gears a little bit there, I there's always going to be a weight loss fad. There's always going to be diet fads every year. Um, my prediction for weight loss, though, uh, is there's going to be a shift to including mindset and stress and as to how that affects uh, someone's metabolism and their weight loss. So, you know, originally uh, it was all exercise related. So if you want to lose weight, you've got to exercise, you've got to do this, you've got to sweat it out, you've got to kill yourself at the gym. And then we've done a 180. We've realized that 80% of our makeup is our diet and nutrition and about 20% of that is exercise. Uh, And now I think that to stay relevant, people are going to have to add that third layer to you know their weight loss principles and that is to look at how our mindset actually affects our body composition or our makeup and how our stress and lifestyle affects that as well uh, so this is certainly one of my predictions for the year is that there's going to be a greater emphasis placed on our mindset what our thoughts and feelings are towards that image that we're seeing in the mirror yeah, and uh, yeah, downfall of the diet. That diet where it's going to start to disappear, I hope, in yeah. this idea that um, we're eating for life, we're eating for lifestyle, eating for health, as opposed to dieting, your deprivation, which you've always you know, got that connotation around the word diet. It's going to be really interesting to see what the big companies do around this one because um, you know they're going to have to adapt. Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, all the big brands that have been classically built upon a dieting concept are going to need to switch a gear and get a little bit more in touch with this idea that we want lifestyle transition. And this yeah. is why, you know, they've been watching. They know we've got, you know, Instagrammers with millions of followers just because they've had a better ability to connect with people who don't just want diet. Yeah. They want lifestyle. And so we've got these lifestyle bloggers, lifestyle Instagrammers, and we're seeing incredible, you know, this is where the fitspiration and the inspo and all that sort of stuff has come out, all these hashtags. Because people truly are wanting um, a holistic approach to their health and well-being, not just hard-line, restrictive diet, eating, food, plants that make it hard. And you know, we want to see that we can make it easier on ourselves. And to do that, we're engaging 
food movement and thinking protocols to get us on track and uh, I think it speaks to how visually stimulated we are and how you know that visualization really feeds us so you know if seeing the ideal image is helps us to kind of picture that into our own lifestyle as well I think that the word detox is going to be the new diet so I think detox and diet are going to be um, just synonyms I think they'll be interchangeable I think that no one will be dieting anymore everybody will be detoxing uh, and so I think there's going to be a huge rise in detoxification products uh, probably good bad and otherwise mm. uh, so look out for those on the shelves <laughs> yeah and what do you guys think out there I mean how, how many of you have already done sort of the diet trick and and thought oh that worked or it didn't work or maybe you've decided as well that it resonates with you the idea of detoxing makes sense to you and you've already found ways to start to do that and how that's made a really huge impact and change in your well-being um, because certainly these are the things that are going to be moving forward and fast and if, I mean on top of the detox side of things we want to achieve um, nutrition we want to achieve health benefits in the fastest possible way so you're going to start seeing and I, I laugh because I'm already smiling because I'm I'm a bit phobic of needles, so this is definitely not my pathway to getting health. Um, but IV vitamins. Yeah. So intravenous uh, vitamins mean that they're now going to be on a drip line injectables uh, that can go directly into your, your blood supply and apparently fuel and feed your body with exactly what you need. So high volume vitamin C and a myriad of other vitamins and minerals. Really curious to see what direction that takes because we want our nutrients and we want them quick. And I think, you know, we've already, I saw an article on um, Hollywood, they're, they're having these IV parties where you can go over, hang out at someone's house, you know, a team come in, rock up with all these IV bags and hook everyone up to this IV bag so they can all have this, you know, exactly. nutrition party. It's just incredible concept. But the fact is it's out there. Someone's conceived this, people yeah. want it, and there's a surface available. So how well, far... IV vitamin C has been around for ages and it's been very successful uh, in treating of many, many different conditions and has certainly been postulated as uh, something to help with cancer patients as well. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be an interesting uh, topic to cover and to look out to how mainstream that may become. Yeah, and that just makes me, you know, move towards this other, you know, issue that I was looking at in Sydney. I had to laugh because I thought, are you serious? You couldn't possibly be doing that, but they are. Um, the hangover cure clinics. And basically, they, they've got, uh, if you've got a hangover, you can give them a bell. They can do an in-house service where they hook you up to an IV. Or you can rock up and get uh, IV treatments for hangovers. And I thought that was an incredible concept because, one, it's misguided because hangovers are not just because of deaf efficiency in, in hydration we know that and uh, just how that's going to play out with people wanting that quick fix to get themselves out to work the next day so lovely listeners I know you're not in that category I really hope that's not the quick fix you're after because uh, we do believe in not getting to that point where you should require an IV to uh, get to going again so we want to show you how you can create health and well-being inside out without uh, stepping into that next zone which is the pill for every ill approach and that's really where these IVs are coming into it but there's an audience for that so we thought we'd throw it out there because if we've started to see these whispers of this and, and seen a few little things about this chances are you're going to start to see the magazines soon and you'll be like oh my goodness what is that now you know
That is too funny. It's just going to enable that Sunday night hardcore partying to be at work the Monday morning. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, you're not doing that, please. <laughs> what else have you got, Andrew? What's uh, what's on your your ideas for this this coming uh, first scene? Look, this is a bit of a different one. I am predicting that there's a new drug that's come out. It's called well, actually, it's an old drug, but they're using it differently, and it's called low dose naltrexone or LDN. I am predicting that it's going to be the new wonder drug. Um, now, naltrexone is something that in the 80s was approved for treatment for heroin and opioid addicts. Um, and there is some research that's supporting the use of very low doses of it. So, you know, starting at like 1 50th of what they used to use, you know, in, in those sort of scenarios uh, for treatment of conditions like autoimmune diseases, chronic inflammatory conditions, gut disorders, um, and a whole spectrum of, of other conditions. And uh, right now, certainly in its testing phases, it's, you know, proving to be pretty positive no one really knows much about what the side effects could potentially be but i'm predicting that that's gonna um you know be the new pill for every ill we'll be on the radar won't yeah. it? researchers and yeah. people want to find out more and learn more about this yeah incredible and look magnesium big one in our practices i certainly recommend it every single day of uh, my practice life and you're going to start to see this everywhere we're starting to realize just the uh, i guess the cellular functions of magnesium itself and how important it is and the studies have shown that uh, up to 80% of people are actually magnesium deficient mm. so because of that functional medicine doctors are now starting to say okay well deficiencies are magnesium we need to supplement and of course plant-based diet is a brilliant way to start in the sense of getting lots of greens into your diet and lifestyle however supplementation still can be warranted for many many people so mm. you'll see more about epsom salt baths you know these sensory deprivation the float tanks you know high level epsom salts for absorption through the skin um magnesium sprays you might already be seeing some rubbing oils you know for post workout post exercise um activities and they're saying yeah rub some magnesium oil on that it'll it'll help and that's simply down to the fact that it's got a cellular function it's not just for bones and muscles it's got neurological implications there's over 300 enzymes that require magnesium for their effective function it's yes. just incredible so there's a lot more understanding of what magnesium is and some of those chemical reactions in the body um so this is a year of what we're going to call remineralizing you know we're going to yeah. start to look yeah. at how we can bring minerals back into our body um more we'll talk about the soils and the, and the environment being deficient and how we can add that back into our systems because as a top of the chain feeder if the things we're feeding from are deficient then we're also deficient so again looking carefully at soil composition soil structure growing plants with sufficient amounts of magnesium to facilitate that magnesium transfer through the food chain and that's yeah. going to be really interesting to see and it would be so nice if we could get so much of that from the foods that we're eating uh, I think that this uh, rise in magnesium supplementation is going to highlight some really chronic underlying gut disorders that so many people have so uh, you know with supplements you certainly get what you pay for um, the stuff that you just buy over the counter generally isn't um, as bioavailable or easily absorbed and usable by your body as something that might be a bit more expensive might be practitioner only prescription um, however when people tend to go onto these magnesium supplementations even if it's really low dose they'll find that they get diarrhea it'll go straight through them so it's actually highlighting that they've got gut issues as well uh, so you know finding it out that way is 
good place to start. Yeah, so magnesium supplementation, if you do find that it creates a gut reaction or response, then that's great because then you start to realize there might be some other uh, health concerns that you'll be able to address, which is interesting, very interesting to start to realize how these things are all interconnected. And with the the rise in that, I think there's also going to be a decline in the fish oil trends so fish oil supplementations krill oils those sorts of things why do you think that that's that's a that's a curveball that one because a lot of people go hang on i'm, I'm on supplementation and a lot yeah. of people still recommend it yeah what's, what's your reasoning behind that um and look i i'm not saying whether to stop or not um i certainly still use like really high potency very high quality fish oil supplementation especially to help with um you know inflammatory conditions and things like that but i think that people will start to realize that it may not be necessarily as ethical and sustainable as we once might have thought um so you know using dirty oils things that might be high mercury um and just the fact that it is just may not be sustainable to mass produce something that comes from fish um or krill or whatever you you know the the choice is um so there i think there's going to be a shift in that there's going to be people looking for those same omega-3 nutrients from plant-based sources uh so yeah Watch that space. Yeah. Awesome. Look, kale's the old news now. You know, we said it was so 2015. What's 2016? It's green, it's green, it's green. And we're going to start to see so much more matcha. Oh, yeah. Matcha yep. everywhere. So if you don't know what matcha is, it's a Japanese green tea in its powdered form. And you can mix it in into hot water or even milk. And so we're starting to see this incredible rise of matcha products, matcha drinks. I mean, you've got some really trendy uh, coffee shops starting to serve up matcha on their menu. And even this straightforward you know companies like t2 who also started to market some matcha products in their ranges which is really cool because it's got incredibly potent health benefits anything green has you know plant-based power to it so uh, you're going to see a lot of matcha here there and everywhere and i'm very lucky here in perth that i do know someone who's really clever and they have come up with a business concept and they've got matcha brew and they're doing uh ice cold matcha drinks and tea so i can't wait to you know share that with some of the people i know but it's certainly exciting when you see that uh, some young business entrepreneurs are seeing the need to help people get healthy through some great quality products and uh, rather than just talking about getting out there and doing it. So yeah. big shout out to Matcha Brew guys. You guys are doing great stuff and uh, yeah, can't wait to see your, your products on more stores and more shop shelves. Awesome. Um, Ash, is there any trends that you'd really like to see this year? Ooh, that's a good little question. Oh, look, I mean, let's tie tie the desires of things that we want. Mm-hmm. We love good fashion. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we love being healthy and well. So why not start to get people's eyes into, you know, healthier options for, for their nutrition sources. Mm-hmm. And I really love this idea. And look, some people will probably find that like, uh, that's not the right match to put that there, mm-hmm. but fashion and health food in the same place. Okay. You know, yeah. helping start to see for people to see that, you know, healthy choices, tied in with the fashion industry rather than this iconic image of stick thin you know not malnourished waifs that are classically and iconically connected to this image of what a, a model should be instead looking at nourished healthy glowing vital vibrant women who represent mm. the true expression of health and well-being so tie that marry that to the fashion industry and try and get a much healthier body image and self-image for women through a great correlation between you know fashion Passion and food and fitness i think that's Excellent. really exciting yeah yeah and that would be a wonderful scene such a healthier thing to see and uh, much more positive self-image as well 
Um, What's your call? What do, what do you think is going to come come flying through this year? Oh, well, apart from the predictions that I've already made, some of the things that I would love to see this year is that people start to rethink their meal planning. So instead of planning it around, say, the, the protein or the meat they're going to have, they start to plan their meals around the vegetables and the fiber they're going to have instead. Um, and so they start with that in mind and then they build their meal from there. So that's what I would love to see. And just that little shift in mindset. So with breakfast, what veggies are you having? With lunch, what veggies are you having? You know, with dinner, what veggies are you having? And, you know, this includes salads as well. But what are you having at that meal that then everything else is topped on top of? Um, I think that would be a really cool uh, and, and different way to view your meal prep. Awesome. Well, that might tie into that um, yeah, the trend that happened last year with the, the smoothie bowls. Yes. Incredible photographs of all these incredible, you know, superfood bowls of incredible foods. And then the salad in the jar idea of throwing things in, making it visual and colourful yeah. and exciting rather than bland and dull. So everything in bowls, everything mixed up with your veggies, um, That's that could be the new thing. Uh, and on that topic of eating, I would love to see, uh, you know, this idea of, of mindful eating as well. So stopping, sitting down, um, not having a TV or a book in front of you when you're doing this, not being on your phone or social media. And I would love to see parents actually teaching their kids how to eat and chew their food, not just you know, eat with your mouth closed, don't put your elbows on the table, um, you know, use your knife and fork, but actually teaching them how to chew their food. Uh, because if they get it right then, then for the rest of their life, they're going to be setting themselves up to actually be able to properly digest and absorb their nutrients appropriately. Uh, so I guess that could be another trend that I'm predicting is that that notion of mindful eating is going to be, you know, a pretty hot topic. Yeah. And ladies, do you have a Fitbit? I mean, have any of you got those wearable devices around your wrist that uh, track out your 10,000 steps of that? Because I'm really curious to see just how far this trend is going to go. You know, having a, a bit of a, a look into what's going on in Silicon Valley and where that development in terms of technology is going, I'm super curious to see how these activity trackers are going to continue to be a trend in the fitness industry and the health and well-being industries. However, they're going to get more and more sophisticated, collecting more and more, you know, specific data, everything from blood pressure monitoring, insulin monitoring, even maybe assessing stress hormone cortisol levels uh, right down to the like minute by minute ability to to detect those things there is some incredible technology that's already got whispers on i mean ralph polo's just painted a uh, a garment which is wearable technology that would track your blood pressure and stuff i mean it's just incredible that's stuff amazing. that they're pushing boundaries all the time i don't know how i feel about that i feel like it's um almost like a lack of freedom <laughs> well yeah you're going to start to have every little marker of your your yeah. life and existence monitored it's going to become the bubble boy i think yeah, <laughs> but, yeah so look i think the end goal for the technologists is to become so sophisticated and integrated that they're going to have injectable devices and they're going to have you know like patches just like skin patches for for quitting smoking and nicobate and all the rest um that just right. take in all the data and feed it live back to your synced in um you know smartphone smartwatch it's just this is going to get really exciting to watch just how far it goes i have my reservations with technology yeah. anything that's beaming information to and from something has a source of emr mf yeah communication pathway on an electromagnetic level and of course i have concerns about that in terms of our general health and well-being so yeah we'll just see how far they stretch that boundary and, and how far they go so that's what i'm curious to see uh you know coming through this year 
And did we mention adaptogens? Did we? No. Ooh. But that is a buzzword, all right? We're going to close out there. this episode on uh, on the buzzword. The big buzzword you're going to see, I think, is uh, the 2016 buzzword just behind the gut gut health and the kombucha. Yeah. What, uh, what do we have to say about that? Um, th- so with the adaptogens, so everyone go and Google that word. And there's actually, uh, this is a diet that will be, a, you know, a fad diet in 2016, is the skirt food diet, S-I-R-T food diet. Um, and so apparently this is a way of eating to activate your skinny genes. I haven't completely evaluated the whole diet, so I can't really comment on, um, you know, its efficacy really, but I think it's going to be certainly a fad diet for this year. Um, and it kind of into the the adaptogen concept so foods that help to um you know affect your stress levels that will enhance certain things so we're talking about foods like um camel camel green tea coffee um what else is on that list Oh, ginseng, maca, uh, yeah, run through yeah. some of those others. Ashwagandha, I know, is up there. Um, I mean, certainly dark chocolate. Oh, gosh. This... So, so these foods that have high antioxidant content, um, but the idea behind it is, it is that it will have a specific effect on um, on the body so effectively it's looking at stress pathways so eating to affect you know stress yeah so f- let's phase out pharmaceuticals in that zone let's uh, bring in the nature foods and how great and would that be awesome yeah. well ladies that's been our wrap for this uh, 2016 trends analysis what we predict what we think is uh, already on the money that's already happening things that we're curious about to see where it goes if you've got any trends that you can see happening or if you already do some of those things, you know, you're already in on the trends, you're ahead of the trends, we're really excited to hear from you. We're going to uh, talk next week all about women's health, so we're going to dive back into health and well-being with women. And until next week, we hope you have an amazing uh, week. Start the day well, throw in some adaptogens. <laughs> and be well. Are you full of health and wellness information yet struggling to implement into your daily life? Or do you have your health sorted out but struggling to integrate it with your other areas of your life? We've surveyed a number of Wellness Couch fans and recognize that this is the biggest challenge that most of you face in daily life. How do you turn your knowledge into action and a lifestyle? Enter the Wellness Breakthrough. For three days and two nights in February, eight of your Wellness Couch favorites are gathering in Melbourne for one incredible event, and we just have three spots left. Entry to the Wellness Breakthrough is by application only. To apply, simply go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. And apologies in advance if you apply and we're all sold out. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.